the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The estate planning team is an Ohio registered investment advisor. The following is for informational purposes only and does not intend to make an offer or solicitation for the sale or purchase of any securities or financial products. Be sure to consult with a qualified financial advice and or tax professional before implementing any strategy discussed herein. You have financial goals and dreams. We can help you achieve them. Welcome to Financial Food for Thought, the show that answers all the questions on how to maximize your lifestyle and preserve your wealth. Good morning, everyone. You found Financial Food for Thought. We've got Mark Dolly and Carrie Waddell. Happy Memorial Day weekend. You know you're not supposed to say happy. I know. I was going to say it. I know. I've been trying to do that on you. like, have a nice, like, and, like... When I was saying it, I was like, and it, I'm not too happy because we lost one of the queen of rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Um, now, did you... You've obviously heard Tina Turner. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know her songs. I, I like her. Right. I just... So, I didn't... Didn't know she was so live when Wendy yeah. in our office was saying, you know, was, yeah, "Oh my well, gosh, the headline!" She was while. Like, you know, she was living in Switzerland, of course, so she was kind of out of the you know public eye for a while. She deserved a retirement. She had a nice retirement, um, but the uh, what? A, what an incredible story, American success story, right? Um, and I had an opportunity of seeing her when she. Came to the Richfield Coliseum. It must have been in '85. Carrie is right after her big comeback album, right? Okay. Private Dancer. Oh which, yeah, I know that song. Yeah, but <laughs> the album I think sold like 20 million copies. Wow. Um, and you know, and so it won the Grammys that year, and 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 all that. And so that I think it was the summer of '85. Uh, Marta and I went, and, was, and she was just unbelievably live. More recently, I, I saw the Tina at Playhouse Square. Oh, okay. And that was real good, too. Uh, the girl, I think Zurin uh, Villanova, I think is the girl's name. Okay. She did a real good job. But, I mean, again, it wasn't like anything like seeing No, Tina. the real thing, right. Right. But it was good. Um, and, you know, and, and it followed the movie. I don't know if you ever saw the movie. The movie came out in 93, Carrie, I think, and um, Angela Bassett was the lead there. But she was also surrounded by great people. John Carter, Roger Davies, you know, all these great producers. You know, produced, you know, John Carter produced Bob Seger and, and Steve Miller, and Roger Davies had a long list of successes, too. So they all did very well. Eight total Grammys. Wow, her. that's impressive. Um, you know, 
the, the comeback tour or the comeback, you know, it, she was 45 years old. Um, dead broke, right? And, you know, came back. Overall, I think she sold over 100 million records. Um, so obviously wow. a very successful. You know, she had a, in one of the obituaries I read, this is just one of her quotes and I love Carrie. Then we'll get to the financial planning. But, so here's her quote. She, she was uh, being interviewed by Rolling Stone in 1986. Everything I've done for my act has been so practical. The short dresses work for me on stage because I've got a short torso and because there's lots of dancing and sweating. I never advertise myself for men. I work for the women because if you got the girls on your side, you've got the guys. Mm. And she got it, right? Because mm-hmm. she was something live <laughs> on stage. But uh, all right. So this is Financial Food for Thought. And happy, not happy, what do we say? Okay, you know, I hope I everybody know. has a safe Memorial Day right. weekend. And, you know, we can all certainly remember, Kara, I know you, you've particularly. Um, but the, so what, well, what else will we do on this holiday weekend show? Um, we'll, we'll continue. We got some financial data this week. So we still, you know, we're taping the show on Friday. Mm-hmm. So we don't have a debt ceiling and they all left. deal, right? Well, and as of Friday, they all left. I don't left. know if Kevin McCarthy and Joe Biden may still be talking, or at least their people are still I was going to say, I'm sure their people are talking. You um, think Joe Biden's really... <laughs> right. Like, so, but Kevin McCarthy said they'd be working around the clock. Actually, by the time you hear the show, maybe there will be a deal announced. I, I don't even think it's going to get. I think they're going to. We were talking before the show. I think they're going to well, kick, kick it another week because, you know, we don't want to disrupt congressional holiday weekend. Right. And, and Kevin McCarthy kind of laid it out there that he would make sure there were 72 hours for his congressional members to review the deal. Oh, so, review, not read. <laughs> I was going to well, say. Uh, who can read it? I mean, well, you need you, to read you it would, before you. Maybe if you read straight, to it. straight hours for 72 hours, you'd be able to get through it. I don't know. I, we don't know. Um, but but if you back up the timeline, you know, where Janet Yellen is still saying it could be, you know, X date, June 1st, um, which is when next Thursday. Thursday. So back up 72 hours, that takes it to Monday. Mm hmm. Which is a holiday. Yeah, you think they're all going to leave and come back? And I doubt so it. So will they just kick the can down the road for a week and say yeah. we just need a little bit more time? Um, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, I still think they that, always kick it down. They always kick right. the can down the road. I still think there will be a deal. I don't think the government will. They're not going to default. It's always this game of chicken till the last minute, last second. They do this all the time. Right. And there's a lot of Social Security checks that have to go out. There's a lot of military paychecks that have to go out. I don't think that they're going to let that not happen. Um, and the question is, kicking the can or just raising the ceiling. So. Do see the the thing what people don't well most I I don't know who understands or doesn't understand but this debt you know this thirty one trillion it's carry it's never going to get paid off I mean does everybody understand that it's right. never going to be paid off governments don't have to pay off their debt mm-hmm. okay um the they always say that they're good for their debt right. And that's all it is. It's it's the faith and credit of the United States government. Meaning, unless the rest of the world loses faith that Americans are good for their debt, meaning that 
the debt is just really another way of tax deferral, right? Mm-hmm. Because if they ever were going to pay off the debt, everybody knows the way they're going to do it is by raising taxes. I mean, the government doesn't right. sell anything. So, right. They can keep spending and they'll just take from taxpayers. Well, the idea is they can keep floating debt. There right. is no shortage of demand for for U.S. Treasuries. Right. But at some point, they need to get a handle on their spending. Why? It's not sustainable, I would think, ongoing. It's sustainable as long as the rest of the world thinks we're good for our debt. Right. Well, I don't know. I, I mean, just Venezuela think can't do is it not, debt. Is it not irresponsible? Oh, well, certainly it's irresponsible. But in, in you know, um, so, you know, now we have to service the debt, right? Right. Um, so, uh, and it's probably getting harder to make those payments as interest rates go up. So, you know, we, you know, pay the interest and pay the principal when bonds come due. Okay. Um, but as long as we can just reissue them, who cares? You know, it's the idea of doing that trillion dollar coin, right? And depositing it. Um, um, so the debt to GDP ratio. So the debt to GDP ratio hovered around 97%. Okay. Last year. And a lot of people are saying, wow, how could you have a hundred percent? Well, but really, if you just now the interest, now obviously the interest payment goes up as the Federal Reserve rises interest rates, right? And that's the problem, right? Right. Um, but so that the interest would only be about three hundred ninety-five billion a year, Gary. The interest payment. Um, but that would be one percent of GDP. Let's say you know, uh, actually, I think U.S. revenues are projected to be about five trillion this year. One, of, I guess that's the highest ever. But um, so. So, you know, so the, the question is, well, they if we don't really have to pay off this debt and there is no lack of, uh, you know, the rest of the world still believes we're good for the debt. They know how much, you know, they, they understand there's a bit of a wealth gap in this country and there are very lot of a lot of very wealthy people in this country. And they know that if they ever if the government ever really gets serious about paying off the debt. They're going to raise taxes. Mm hmm. Now, are they going to stop spending? Yeah, I don't think so. Um, we'll see. We'll see what they come up with in this deal. All right. Good morning, everyone. You're listening to Financial Food for Thought on this Memorial Day weekend. And hopefully you're spending time with family or you're going to celebrate, well, their celebration or honorary ceremonies. Um, one of the quotes I found that... Um, This is the day we pay homage to all those who didn't come home. This is not a Veterans Day. It's not a celebration. It's a day of solemn contemplation over the cost of freedom. And I think people sometimes forget that. The freedoms that we do have in this country. um, Well, when we're taping this show, I will be at the Ohio Western Reserve Cemetery putting on flags. And I'm shocked. I don't go to the uh, ceremony on Monday, the parking lake. But I do do the flag placing and the amount of people that come to volunteer and do this. I mean, it gets knocked out in such a short time. And if you've ever been there, it's it's pretty moving to see all of that. But hopefully you just take a moment even to remember and be thankful for the freedoms we have, even though I know many people are worried about all the things going on in in America today and the economy. And um, there's a lot of things that we can't control in this world, but there are certainly some things we can. And that's true with your financial life too. And I know we talk about headlines and Mark's going to talk about other financial news, but it comes back to how it relates to you and the choices 
choices that you make about your life, your finances, and all of this data or the headlines that you hear translate to how does that impact you? And reality is what decisions are you going to make? When do you want to retire? What do you want to spend? What's important to you? And spending can be on yourself. It can be home. It could be travel. It could be family, charitable, whatever it means to you and getting clarity on these things because you've worked hard for your, a lot of people have worked a lot of years and they worked hard for their money and they've saved, saved, saved. And then people once in retirement, it's how do you use those dollars as effectively as possible? Use opportunities in this complicated tax code because I don't see the tax code getting any simpler um, as I think it's going to get more complicated. And in that complicated complication, there are opportunities you can use. There are strategies and traps you might want to be um, to avoid. And we give people clarity on spending, how to create income they need as tax efficiently. If you're worried about the market, although we don't do investments, we look at people's assets as how much risk do you really need to be taking? And what growth rate do you need to make your money last? And if you don't need... Um, a very high growth rate. Right now we're in with with interest rates rising, fixed rates are in a much better position than they were a year ago, much higher. So you have this opportunity in some places to lock in fixed rates or get take advantage of with those cash. You remember you were getting like, if you were lucky, a tenth of a percent on your savings account. You know, there are money market savings, there are CDs, there are the multi-year fixed guarantee annuities that are still holding at four and a half to 5%, depending on the time frame. Those are guaranteed compounding rates that you can take advantage of right now, even with the market volatility. And, and we don't say that you should go out of the market. We're just saying, look at all the options and strategies, and we provide people objective, unbiased advice and I forgot to mention, but hopefully you've been listening for a while. We're sponsored by the estate planning team, which is an affordable fee-based Ohio registered fiduciary planning firm. And we provide that objective analysis. Then we give people recommendations and we build these financial models so that people know how their numbers are working out. Are they running out of money? If they're still don't have a worry, which we do have people coming and saying, I, I know I'm not going to run out of money. Well, can you be making different choices to put more money in your pocket and minimize what the government gets or make a better choice to create more cumulative dollars over your lifetime? And those are things that we look at. And if you want to take advantage, we do offer a free consultation by phone or in person to see if you can benefit from our services. And we have hourly options if people want a little bit of help. And we have comprehensive retainers that are affordable that we help people through the analysis, recommendations, and implementation process. Um, We have clients that have been with us many, many years, and we've been fortunate enough to work with the children of our clients and even sometimes the grandchildren of those original clients. So if you want to take advantage of a free consultation, we won't call you. We will give you a call back on Tuesday instead of Monday. Or if you send an email, you'll get a reply. But you can call 440-239-2090 and we're scheduling throughout the summer. That's 440-239-2090 or visit us at financialfoodforthought.com. That's financialfoodforthought.com. All right. So, Carrie, yeah, there are a lot of headwinds out there still. And one, of course, is the debt ceiling crisis, Mm -hmm. which I do think will be resolved. But if we ever did go into default, it would be devastating. Right. If that's why I don't think I would hope our politicians wouldn't let that happen. Exactly. And and they keep saying they're not going to let it happen. So it's just 
Do you kick believe the them? Can down the road. <laughs> yeah, I think they will kick the can. I down think the that'd road. be political suicide, but and they 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 will say that maybe they will be some compromise where they limit spending caps and things like that as a start. But that doesn't mean that the thirty one trillion debt's going to be paid off anytime soon. Um, but also speaking of interest rates, we've got the Federal Reserve, right? Mm-hmm. And. So they're closely looking at data because there's a big question right now on whether they're going to pause on raising interest rates. And a lot of the governors think they should continue raising interest rates. So the next FOMC meeting will be, what, June 13th, June 4th, mid-June, you know, June 13th, June 14th. And the question is, what are they going to do? Because you were just mentioning the, a lot of uh, a lot of Americans right now are saying, "Boy, I can't believe how good these fixed rates are." You know, one year CDs mm-hmm. are paying five percent, right? Um, you know, but then when you go to that same bank, you say, "Hey, I'd like a five year CD at five percent." Not going to happen. It's not going to happen, right? You have this inverted yield curve, but uh, you could go with the you know the multi year guarantee annuities if you want to go out four or five mm-hmm. years with that five percent rate. Again, depending the rates are, are volatile, you know they they're they're but they maybe they've cat. But if the Federal Reserve raises interest rates maybe those these higher rates will be around for another month right um but the but the the thing is too wall street is betting that the federal reserve is going to cut rates this year and i don't think any of the Mm. federal reserve bank presidents have indicated that so i don't know how how that's going to work especially when we look at inflation and some other things so first of all are we going into recession so we got the second read on first quarter gdp this week, Carrie, right? Mm-hmm. So the first read in April, the the annualizer came in at 1.1%, positive, not negative, right? Uh, the second reading came out even better. It came in at 1.3%. So that's not indicating that we have negative GDP, all right? Then we also, though, we've got the, the Federal Reserve's preferred inflation factor, which is the personal consumption expenditures index, carry right? Mm-hmm. And the PCE. Now, why does the Federal Reserve like the PCE more than CPI, right? Well, basically because part of the way they, the actuaries, you know, build up the, the PCE is that it, it, it takes into account um, when consumers substitute cheaper goods for name brand goods, you know, right. you know, you know, the in in terms of higher inflation, because I'll, guess what, a lot of people do that. Right, I'm raising my hand. Oh, um, I do too, Mark. Um, you know, so, um, so, so again, so now, so how did that come out? Well, again, we can look at headline and we can look at core. Federal Reserve likes to look at core, where you exclude food and energy, and a lot of people are upset about not upset about, but they say, oh yeah, what a joke. They don't even look food and energy. Well, the the point is, if they did put, just look at price of gasoline. If they base their decisions on gasoline, so when, when or the price, how much is eggs down this year? Gary. Oh, quite like seventy percent or something. Yeah, I think more than the half. So, so eggs are back down seventy percent from off their high. So, does that mean are you going to make an assumption that all your other expenses are down seventy percent? No, no. So that's not so, realistic. Or gasoline, you could make that same analogy. So that's why they're excluded, right? They're trying to get the, the other things. Um, so, how did headline came in? Well, um, okay. So headline came in year over year, came in at 4.4%, higher than the previous 4.2%. 
Now, in January, it was 5.4%. So, so that's considerably, even though it ticked up just a little, it's still down. Right. Um, and month over month came in at uh, 0.4%, which was a bit higher than last month's 0.1%. Okay. Um, so that is indicating. Okay. Now let's look at core. Well, core follows the same kind of thing with headline. So core PCE year over year came in at 4.7%, higher than the previous 4.6%, matching what it was in January, 4.7%. Very sticky. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and, you know, when did core head, or when did core annual peak out? Looking back, it was probably, oh, it was probably last year sometime, you know, February last, you know, January, February of the previous year. It was at 5.5, 5.4. So, it, you know, it, it hasn't, I mean, it's kind of sticky and that's the problem, meaning maybe the Fed's work isn't done yet. If we look at month over month, core PCE came in at 0.4% uh, percent month over month, higher than the previous 0.3%. The street was looking for 0.3%. So it looks like the Fed's preferred is still saying they have more work to do. So that leads to what are they going to do in June? Are they going to raise? Now, when they when they they did last time, they raised at 25 basis points, but they kind of gave what we call a hawkish pause. They kind of indicated that they'll probably be pausing right now. So now what does pause mean? Pause means that they're no longer going to hike. And they're not going to drop. But it doesn't mean cut, right? Right. It just means they're going to not do anything and wait for more data, is my guess. No. No? Okay, there's there's a little distinction now, Carrie. A pause says they're not going to raise anymore. Okay. It just means they haven't indicated that they're starting to cut, meaning it's set. Right. Okay, we have a new term. Okay. You know, so, you know, we talk about... Yeah, because pause, I would think I'm just going to wait for more information and not do anything. No, it's more I'm going to pause and it's and the next move is going to be hike. Oh. We have skip now, Carrie. Oh, jeez. Okay, so the new term out of the Federal Reserve is skip. Like, you know how the government, how you know, Congress is going to kick the can down the road? Yeah. And that's the, only, uh, the, the, the Fed, the Fed uh, governors, they're, they're going to skip June. Meaning, meaning they're not going to do their job? <laughs> no, it mean, means that they're not going to do anything in June, and they'll reassess in July. So or, they're not going to work in June. Well, no, they're just <laughs> not going to make, they're, they're not going to say they're at pause, because the pause meaning they're not going to hike anymore. Right. They're going to say they're going to skip. And then, then reassess in July and wait for more data. So we've got pause, skip, but in, in either case, it doesn't mean cut, right? Um, so that's why it's so hard to time. Wall Street is still thinking, still a lot of Wall Street thinks they're going to cut this year. That mm. is kind of waning now, um, but it's still out there. Um, so, you know, so how does this affect you? Well, if you are worried about, um, a recession, or if you're worried about the government going to default and you're not going to get your Social Security check, um, or if you're in the military, you're not going to get your paycheck. Um, you know, those are things that you, you know, that's what we try to help clients. You know, and we always say, what are three simple things you can do to protect yourself from the next economic downturn? And the first one is maintain an adequate cash reserve. Mm-hmm. And that's a little bit 
better now that the cash is paying four or five percent as opposed to it, people got out of the habit of ha- having a big cash reserve or even a laddered CD right. rate for the last 20 years where the interest rate was less than one percent a year. Why bother? Right. Right. Um, but when if you, you know, if you can get three, four, five percent, it's a little bit easier to say I'm going to leave a little more in the cash reserve. Um, the second thing is don't take on more risk than what you need to be okay. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a big fear of missing out right now. You know, don't look now, but you know, as of yesterday's close, the NASDAQ was up over 20% year to date. That's shocking, right? I mean, right. everyone's thinking how bad things were. Well, um, now the Dow and the S&P aren't anywhere near that, but they're still positive, uh, that the S&P is fine year to date, but the NASDAQ, wow, but, 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 you know, and so people are saying, but typically if we do have recession, that market's going to come down. And that's the problem. You know, a lot of people jump in right, right. now and they say, oh, I'm going to jump in right now. And it's like, be careful, right? Um, stick. So don't take on more risk than what you need to be okay. But and, here's Mark, a lot of people don't know the reality of how much risk they need to be taking on because they don't have a long-term model. They may have a program that says there's a 70% chance or a 50% chance they're never going to run out of money, which... What does that mean? But yeah, so that leads to the third thing that you can do to protect your family for the next economic downturn um, or government default, if that's where you think this country is going. I personally don't, but that's that's not my plan. It's your plan. Um, So that would be to run, get a detailed financial plan. Um, Or if you have a financial plan, but it did not have in a worst case scenario, run a plan R, meaning, right. and, and that sometimes we use plan R to indicate a recession plan or a recovery plan where we say, okay, well, my model was working fine, but I didn't have a, a recession built in for 2023, mm-hmm. um, or I didn't have a government default built in or, or whatever. Um, or I didn't have a, the next market crash built in. Okay. Um, so you, you then say, okay, so let's model that in. The idea is, yeah, the next recession or market crash or whatever, it's not, doesn't mean you're going to run out of money next year. Right. Um, right. now you got to keep, you might run out of your cash reserve. You know, that's why you have to keep an eye on it. But the idea is it does affect the longevity of your plan. So that's what we try to do. We try to say, well, let's run a worst case scenario. Let's assume that let's go against that Monte Carlo analysis that just told you, oh, we looked at historically 10,000 different assumptions or whatever. No, let's just tell the robot right now, assume a, you know, whatever you choose it, a, a loss in the market next year, um, then maybe a, a recovery period where you have low growth for a year. And then by the third year, maybe you're back to your normal growth. Um, or if you think that inflation is less transitory than whatever uh, the leader of the country told you, um, then you could say, yeah, although my base case scenario was assuming three and a half to 5% inflation, that depending on the characteristic of the expense, I'm going to kick that up a percentage or two for the next few years. Mm-hmm. And then I, then I think maybe the country or the Federal Reserve can get us back on track to their what they still say is their target, which is back to a 2%. Okay. Now, again, remember, that's their mandate. to, to, to They still want um, a, a low unemployment and a uh, stabil- uh, stable you know, 2% rate of inflation. I know a lot of people don't know if they'll ever get back there, but we'll see. So that's what we try to help clients do 
and say, yeah, with all the headlines out there, um, you know, you, there's not a lot you can do about how the Federal Reserve, you know, don't fight the Fed, but, you know, it's also very hard to time the markets. Mm-hmm. Um, we, it's also, you know, do you have enough of a cash reserve? Because there could be a cash emergency. Not that our clients ever have one of those, Gary, right? But the idea is saying, okay, I am, you know, I'm trying to prepare for that. Now, if none of those bad things happen, Great. Yeah, you're ahead of plan. But isn't it better to know? I mean, we, you know, you plan for the worst, you hope for the best, but it's better to be a conservative, realistic, maybe even a not so rosy picture because you're going to be more comfortable if you have a financial model based on higher inflation, maybe even a market downturn or recession and slow growth recovery and actually spend on those discretionary things um, versus or actually picking a retirement date. Because if you don't have the peace of mind or you're worried about some possible, we're always going to have, there's always going to be some economic, there's always going to be tax law changes, there's always going to be, but if we can make it as ugly as you want in the plan model, and if that's going to give you peace of mind to action to finally retire or spend on the things that you want and know that you're going to be okay, or it'll just give you the peace of mind. Those are things that we look at at the estate planning team. And we offer that free no obligation, no pressure consultation, which we are happy to do by phone or in person. We're scheduling now throughout the summer months. Um, You can call 440-239-2090. That's 440-239-2090. Or visit us at financialfoodforthought.com. That's financialfoodforthought.com. Real quick, Mark, I'm going to give you another good quote that's appropriate for Memorial Day from Franklin D. Roosevelt. Mm. It says, those who have long enjoyed such privileges as we enjoy forget in time that men have died to win them. Absolutely. And and again, that's why I don't think the government will default on its debt, meaning that they're not going to send out veterans pay you know veterans pensions or military so secure, pay. and i don't think social security i mean um it would be too devastating um and it would certainly tip us into recession right um now all right so the all the other thing we've been looking at the last few weeks on the radio show you can always go back and listen to our podcast so you can get those on our website financialfoodforthought.com. Just click on the podcast button and we have all the past shows and you can listen to them 24-7 at your convenience. Yeah. You can, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can <laughs> skip through and you can, you know, it's like a tape recorder. You know, you can go ahead, back and all that good stuff. Um, and so we've been talking about, the, the other thing too is uh, the, the, this this idea where the internet, the DIY internet, I call it, the do-it-yourself mm-hmm. internet, is obsessed with shock lines telling us what the average you fill in the blank is for retirees. Right. Okay. What the average spending is, what the average uh, uh, balance on their account, uh, what the, what the balance they have saved or whatever. Yeah. You know, what the, what's, yeah, what's the average they have in their 401k or Or I've seen averages on when they take social security. Yeah. The list goes on and on. And it's it's we're we're kind of doing this tongue in cheek because our point is who cares about the see the problem is you've got three hundred and fifty million Americans okay um, and there is a big wealth gap in this country mm-hmm. if you hadn't noticed that 
And so the average, even in the median, what does it really mean to you? Right. Okay. Um, and so, uh, you know, I, you, I, let's have less focus on averages and maybe more focus on your own position. Mm-hmm. Okay. Don't worry. It, you, you, it's not your parents' plan. Don't worry about your neighbor's plan. It's not your coworker's plan. It's it's your plan. Mm-hmm. And uh, and figure out you can figure out your average spending. Right. That's a good thing to start. But I don't know if you need to be care about the country's average spending. But if you want averages, carry I got receipts. Okay. All right. Um, all right. So average savings. We were just talking about. You know, we, some people call it emergency funds. Right. Some people call it the rainy day fund. I call it your cash reserve. Okay. All right. Um, meaning that it, it's it's money that is not tied up in any qualified plan, IRA or 401k or anything. Meaning to get your hands on it, you got to pay taxes, right? Um, or it's also not invested in anything illiquid. Okay. You know, and that's one of the what's one of the things I you know the investment advisors and you mentioned here we're not investment advisors, but that's one thing that always you know I always kind of shake my head when I'm in with a client meeting or a meeting with their investment advisor and they say, oh, don't worry, Mister or Mrs. Client, um, you invest with me and it, it's all liquid. You can get your money out any time. Well, no, you might have to sell it and wait for yeah, a few days. Well, you might have to sell and wait for a few days, but you also may incur taxes. To sell it, depending well, on what the market. What happens if the market is crashing and it's a bad time to sell? Because they also told you you're not supposed to sell low. So that's what I. That's why I always. Mm. And what if you? I mean, which isn't a problem. What if you sell high, but you have a huge capital gains or huge, you know, tax hit because right. of it? So what do you carry now? So Northwestern Mutual, you know, a very large company. Company. Um, what do you think their studies or their uh, clients, what do you think the average um, savings is? Emergency fund, you're saying, is what? Savings, yes. I'd say ten grand. 65100 Oh, it's higher than I thought. Well, and, I'm, and, I always and, pick higher and well, it's always this lower. this is the thing, okay? That, that's... And so now you say, do I just make you feel bad because you don't have 65000 in your emergency fund or your cash reserve? Um, do you feel good because you've got more than that? Or were you looking to say, how much should mine be? So I guess I will use that. Um, I don't know. But the thing I would caution is that Northwestern Mutual have very wealthy clients. Okay. You know, and... and okay, that's true because if you're just... Talking about somebody who might just have a bank account. I think it's lower, you know, um, if you're talking about average, you know, because Northwestern Mutual probably don't have a lot of the lower end of the economy as clients. Okay. Okay. That makes sense then because I thought that was a little Um, high. Now, um, because I could certainly give give other studies that would, you know, illustrate the widening wealth gap that would say, well, how does that 65,000 make sense? Because here's another one. Um. Okay, sixty-five percent of Americans are living paycheck to paycheck. Mm. Well, obviously they don't have sixty-five thousand in savings, right? If they're living paycheck to paycheck, right? Um. Now, so let's look at so let's look at the breakdown there. So, those earning less than fifty thousand a year, okay, seventy-eight percent are living paycheck to paycheck. Mm Hmm. 
Those making between $50,000 and $100,000 a year, 66% are living paycheck to paycheck. That is a bit eye-opening, that 66% of Americans making fifty to 100000 are still living paycheck to paycheck. Now, how about if you're making over 100000 a year? Carrie, I'll let you guess this one. What percentage of those making more than $100,000 a year are living, living paycheck to paycheck? 35. 50%. Okay. Um, so, so. Could be credit card debt, student loan debt. Okay, let's talk about mortgages. Let's talk about credit card. Let's talk about credit card debt. Because, you know, I, I, and I think that that Northwestern Mutual 65,000 is going to start coming down. Absolutely. And you think with credit card debt, I'm going to guess that number's high. And guess what? Interest rates keep going up. So that debt's going to cost you even more and even harder to pay off. You got it. 175 million Americans are using credit cards. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a lot of people. That's why, again, any of these studies, you got a hundred, you know, 175 million using credit cards. They may interview, they may survey a few thousand. I mean, it's right. very, that's what I'm saying. When we, the country is so big, the wealth gap is so wide i don't know how these averages help anyone right okay um but credit card debt was up 17 percent over last year i guess it'll either make you feel bad or feel worse right when you see those statistics yeah i don't know that's what i'm trying to what you know is this making people feel good or feel bad um i don't know and i keep saying it doesn't matter to your, I mean, to what you're trying to accomplish with your retirement goals and objectives. Um, okay, it's that that's seventeen that seventeen that seventeen percent increase over the last year is, I think, the largest one year jump in about twenty years. Okay, um, the total is approaching one trillion dollars in credit card debt. Okay, um, that's a scary number. Um, you were just talking about the interest rate. You know what the average interest rate now, right now, Carrie, is? For a credit card, I'd say 18%. Over 20%. Okay. That's um, even worse than I thought. Okay. Um, now, let's, let's we can break this number down. Does it make you feel better or worse, depending? I don't know. Um, so let's see. Okay. the Let's look at the average outstanding debt on these credit cards. Okay. All right. Um because a lot of, and we have a lot of clients who use credit cards, but they yeah. pay it off every month, right? And that may be one of the goals you're trying to achieve, right? right? Um, but so for those under 35 years of age, Carrie, um, medium, median credit card debt, about 1900 The average- about, Okay, that's lower than I thought. The average, about 3700 Okay. Okay. Um, well, they're under 35, Carrie. They- <laughs> They haven't been they haven't been out of the house for too long yet. Okay. All right. Let's 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 move that up a decade. Let's look at between 35-year-olds and 44-year-olds. I'm going to say that more than doubled or tripled. Okay. So the average 6,000. Okay. And the median 2600. Okay. Let's go out another decade. The 45 to 54-year-olds. It's going up. Okay. Okay. The median three thousand two hundred, and the average seven thousand seven hundred. Okay. Now, how about still? Let's go another decade, still before retirement. Okay. The fifty-five to sixty-four year olds. Okay. 
Um, average credit card debt, 6900 And oh, the okay. median, 3000 So it's come down from the 54 Quite a bit. Yeah, it's... And that's maybe that's because it takes a long time to pay off that debt. They're maybe they're getting into the empty nest at, at, when they're getting closer to in their sixties, right? Maybe the college years are done. Maybe the kids are out on their own. You know, um, I would love to see a statistic about the the, the uh, couples in America that didn't have kids and see what they're mm-hmm. what they're because Carrie, that's what we always say is that you know it's some it's a strange thing, but our our clients with no kids tend to have a little bit more saved up in retirement. Oh, a lot, a little bit more, yeah. Um, kids are expensive. Um, so of the $175 million out there, um, $2 million have over $50,000 outstanding credit card. Um, and with that twenty per- over 20% rate, that's going to be tough. Um, yeah. And I, I, now maybe they're following the government's plan and they have no intentions of ever paying that debt off. And that leads to, okay, so how do we help our clients? Okay. And it, it's, it, it's, it's interesting because if, if you want to join so I think, Carrie, did I say this one? About 25% of Americans have no debt. No, I don't remember you okay. saying that. So that's the other side of the, of the, the coin, right? Um, so 25% of Americans have no debt. So if you, let's say, your goal is to join that camp. Right. And a lot of people want to be debt-free before they retire. Going that's- retirement. Well, that's how our planning process can help you. Because what we can do is we can help you build a financial plan that makes that a goal, meaning it puts numbers behind that objective. Right. In other words, that could mean, well, how much, you know, it's not only knowing how much outstanding debt you have right now, mm-hmm. it's a combination of are you still building debt in your current right. or are you at the position where you're able to pay off the current charges right but haven't started working down the principle it's an actionable step of step by step this is what you need to do to tackle this issue and how serious or how painful you want to make that you could say well okay you can cut discretionary spending Mm -hmm. and pay down debt you could work longer Right mm-hmm. to earn more money that's pay down debt if you want to not retire until you're debt free. Mm-hmm. So we can figure out well how long would you have to work right. to to accomplish that. See, these are hard things to do in your head. Right. You know when because we may be talking five years, we may be talking ten years. Okay, uh, maybe I don't know. Um, you know, um, but let's say. You're in, you're in uh, like our elected officials camp mm-hmm. and say, hey, I, I'm never going to pay off that principal anyways. I have no intentions of paying it off. I have no dreams that I could pay it off. So, I mean, I, you know, is okay. Well, if that's your plan, see, it's your it's, plan, not ours. Right. You know, now in that case, we just help those clients make sure that they can service their debt. Right. And they're making the payments. That's a budget item. And 
counting in if they're not paying it off, what interest rate are they getting? So how do you model in a realistic ongoing expense for that debt? Right. So it's, 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 so now I'm not saying it's our recommendation that you, you know, go into debt. Or but it's, but it's your plan, but and if, then if yeah. that's what's important to you, that's why each plan's different. Yeah, we can, we can help you do that. Okay. Um, all right. Average retirement age, Carrie? I would say 65, just because we hear people when they, even for free, our clients, because 65 is when I can go on Medicare, and if you don't know what health care is before 65... This you, is you get a shocker. So this is what may be surprised the listeners. So under a Gallup poll, they say the average retirement age in this country is now 61. That's – I'm shocked. Now, it's gone up. So in, in 2002, it was 59. Was it really? Okay. I'm shocked. And in 1991 – it was 57. See, I would think that would be going up It's the average, Carrie. Right. Because I was going to say. What, that's what I'm saying. It's, it, you know, um, and, you know, and, and now you said 65. That is, that's kind of like the historical, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's like whatever. You, you know, and do you know where 65 came from, Carrie? No. Right. Is it the life expectancy? No. Or close to at one time? Kind of. It goes back out of this country, right? It goes back to Germany. Okay. All right. Um, and so <clears throat> so the um, Bismarck, you remember what they named that, you know, boat after? Okay. Otto von Bismarck, you know, um, back in the 1880s, right? So Germany put the retirement age... Bismarck established at age 70. Okay. okay. Um, and why? Well, it what happened was it was um, Germany was, they were having some major train wrecks. Okay. okay. In Germany. And people, the, the, the citizens were getting a little bit upset about it. Well, it turns out that the operators were falling asleep. At the switches. And what was happening was because as the railroad workers got older, they could no longer physically do the work of the engineers and the people running the. So they were kind of, they were kind of pushed over to the people sitting in the chairs and running the switches. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, As the operators, they call it. And they'd be sitting there in the hot sun. And they would sometimes doze off. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. I can see when it gets uh, warm. So Bismarck um, said that we got to put an age here. Where you okay. Get, you know. And and so so he set it at seventy. And then what he did was he said they they you know he knew they would have to give those you know some type of a pension right, right. so so that kind of created. It. And then this huh. then this and then years later in about nineteen sixteen. The German government decided to lower it again to 65. Okay. Um, and then this about the same time, you have um, in the, in England, Neville Chamberlain, who, you know, again, kind of, a, you know, had a little history with Adolf Hitler, mm-hmm. right? Um, he then was also establishing the retirement age at 70, but then he lowered it to 65 when he saw what Germany had done. Okay. 
So when now we take the young U.S., right, the mm-hmm. young government, so they just copied it for the railroad workers. So Congress okay. set 65 as the retirement age for the railroad workers, and that's where the 65 has come from. Now, of course, we're learning today that 65 might not be long enough, right? Um, so France, remember, they're in an uproar, right? They were riding right. the streets because France was going to raise their retirement age from 62 to 64. Oh, and they were, yeah, they were rioting, okay. weren't they? UK right now, it's 67. They want to go up to 68. US, and most people think today, the social, full retirement age for Social Security, right? Is 67 now. Well, it, it could be between 66 and 67 right. for people living right now. The latest is 67. And of course, if you look at the new Cassidy King solution to solve Social Security, as well as Simpson Bowles, as well as all, almost every serious study, they want to raise the 67 to maybe 70. Okay. So, you know, so again, if that's the situation, then, you know, that's what you need to do. You need to say, okay, Mark, when can I retire, regardless of what these arbitrary government decisions are? If you want to know when you can retire, that's what we need to do. We need to come in and work on a plan. And sometimes you don't know. You're not thinking about, oh, the cost of health care. And if you haven't encountered that before 65 or, you know, we have people that say all the time, oh, I didn't know. You don't know what you don't know. And because we've been doing this a long time and met with many people with different family dynamics and scenarios and goals, we'll know. And if we don't have an answer, we'll know what questions to ask and who you should ask to get those things. So it's planning's about designing your ideal financial life and step-by-step, how do you get there to accomplish your long-term financial goals, how to minimize cumulative taxes, use opportunities, avoid traps so you can have the lifestyle you want and the peace of mind of if worst case scenario, you know how to adjust and what steps to take. And we offer a free consultation. You can call 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. All right, you're listening to Mark Dolly and Kara Waddell and we're the co-owners. Freaking songs I know. (laughs) Yeah, we're saying goodbye to Tina. This is one of our highlights, right? Oh, yeah. You know, from the movie Mad Max Beyond the Thunderdome. Mm -hmm. She was like 44, 45 when she made that movie. Oh, I didn't know that. This is one of the big hits from the movie. She would always do this live in concert. Like you, she has a very distinctive voice too. Like you know instantly who it is. So it's also Carrie. It's graduation time, right? Mm-hmm. And I always get the question from our clients, Mark: What's the best financial advice I should be giving to my new graduate? And whether that be college, and Carrie, today I, I'm going to say whether it be from high school, because you know what? A lot of high school graduates aren't choosing college anymore. Mm-hmm. Right. Shoot, you think about the trades are hurting for people. You can make a great living. Right. And there's a myth out there that you can't get ahead in this country unless you start with a starting college graduate salary mm, of 100000 I disagree. And that... And I disagree that colleges have gotten ridiculously cost. So you better be looking at the return of investment for the time that you're going to and finances you're going to put into it. So the best advice I can give is if you can get your recent graduate to follow the 50-30-20 rule, it doesn't matter what their starting salary is right now. They will be fine in retirement. Hmm. And, Carrie, I haven't talked about the 50-30-20 rule. I'm going to go into that for the next couple okay. of shows. Basically, it's the idea that you take your pay 
you know, your gross pay and you break it down, 50% of it goes to your essentials, your mandatory living expenses, mm-hmm. housing, auto, health care, groceries, things like that. Okay. 30% goes to discretionary spending. Right. That's, you know, the entertainment, travel, fun stuff. Right. And then the 20% is goes to savings. Mm-hmm. Now, where that savings is, that could be the 401ks, it could be IRA, IRAs, Roth. it could be Roth IRAs, it could be um, checking account building your cash reserve. Right? But if you can follow that and you maintain that, in other words, so as you and and so as your pay goes up over your lifetime, if you don't get caught up in what a lot of people get caught up on is what we call lifestyle creep. Mm-hmm. Meaning that when they get those pay raises, right, they they spend more on right. the discretionary. They right. buy too big of a house. Mm-hmm. They buy too big of an automobile, or they start just spending on whatever. They're not watching the budget because now they don't have to, and they're not increasing. You can't go from zero savings to twenty percent savings, right? Um, especially if you're married. Well. If you're married with kids, you can. Right. If you're single, you may be able to do that. If you're getting from you know a, a minimum wage job to a college degree job, but but the idea is that's not realistic. We don't expect someone to go from zero savings to twenty percent savings. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they can start, but they increase that so they get up to twenty percent. Mm-hmm. You know, as they get a pay increase, you know, and, you know, put some of the pay increase into their savings or you know, that type of thing. So that's what we try to get people. And I'm going to spend a little bit of time, and I will come back with numbers on how the, it doesn't matter, the 50, 30, 20, how it can work for a retirement. All right. Call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090 or visit financialfoodforthought.com. All right. Have a good Memorial Day weekend. Tune in next week for more Financial Food for Thought. For more information about the show, for estate planning or upcoming seminars, call the estate planning team at 440-239-2090. Thanks for listening. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.